<laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. Can evil. Not our real names. Nailed it. trying to learn how to read the timer to work the timer hi todd you're trying to read the timer is it is it printing words it isn't hi welcome everybody (laughs) to a little independent ali the podcast where two friends talk about independent obscure just plain weird movies my name's ryan and i'm todd hi todd hi ryan that's an appropriate voice for our our movie today i'm thinking in a world in a world narrates a film (laughs) um so, how are you doing? You doing okay? I'm great. How, how are, are you? Doing? doing good? Yeah, doing I'm ready my Mark to rock. Wahlberg. Well, um, so this movie, uh, this is episode six, and it's my movie. Last movie was Todd's Skin of the Wolf, which was a fun one. So, please listen to that episode. <laughs> we skinned it. We skinned the wolf. Not what you think. But I realized, so I wanted to do something a little different movie wise because we've done. Kind of heavier, yeah. Uh, some dramas, some thrillers. I agree. I was thinking that myself. And not that that's a bad thing, but um, so this week's movie is is a, a comedy, and there's a lot of you know uh, gender tones in it. There's female empowerment, and I've realized that in the last like like week, I've watched a lot of like female empowered movies. I watched okay. Nomadland. Have you seen that yet? With Francis yeah. McDormand. Yeah, I actually didn't make it through the whole movie. I'm really that's rare for me. You, you didn't like it? It bored the daylights out of me. It, it's it's a little. And I slow. like realism. I talked about realism on the last podcast, but yeah. that that realism just Frances McDormand is a national treasure. Well, I just she, could yeah, watch her in a slow movie any day. Yeah, she's a wonderful actress. And then I care a lot. Following, <sighs> I'm not even going to talk about that. Piece of, <laughs> oh God, I can't do it. And then we watched a movie called The Sleepover for Family Movie Night. It's a Netflix movie, which uh-huh. ironically stars Malin Ackerman and Ken Marino, who stars in the movie we're going to talk about. And it's a it's a husband and wife, Ken Marino and Malin Ackerman, and they have kids. And it turns out the wife is in the witness protection program, and she was a thief. So her old gang- <laughs> The husband doesn't know No. It. No, she was married afterwards. And the, the, the her old gang finds her and makes her essentially do another job. And I get that. Strong female characters. I love it. Give me Atomic Blonde any day. And since the beginning of time, there's been damsels in distress. But now you get this turnabout with these strong female characters. And in this movie, I, I could not stand it because Ken Marino, who's hey. in the movie we're going to see, yeah. we're going to talk about, plays the husband. And he's the biggest dipshit I've ever seen. So you got to help me now. You know, you know how I am with with the names. Ken Marino is which character in our movie? Gustav. Today? Oh, and Malin Ackerman. She's blonde. She's Gustav. Uh, mom in the in the in the final girls. And and what's funny is Ken Marino and Malin Ackerman have a lot to do with the circle of. So it's the blonde the director. The yeah, blonde yeah. that was in Wonderlust. Mm-hmm. Who, so who gave that wonderful line? We'll that get I'll never to forget. all these connections because that's why I love comedy. But this guy is such a fucking dipshit in this movie. He's so inept, it's crazy. He can't. The only thing he can do 
effectively is drive the family minivan. He's a dipshit in our movie today. Well, this is another level. And again, a whole, lo- whole lo- new level. Dipshit? Like bringing a a male as the damsel in the stress or the dad in the stress. And like we deserve it. The patriarchy deserves that character. <laughs> that stupid guy who sucks at everything. But he is so bad. There's one scene they I've been thinking about this nonstop. Your passion is you're you uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan is leaning into the mic. It's not just a Todd thing anymore. <laughs> The the plan that the bad guys have, which the wife is complicit in against her will, is they go to some <laughs> diplomat's party and the queen of something, they're going to give her a pill yeah. that makes her have to like have violent diarrhea, go into the bathroom, and they're going to rob her of her crown in the bathroom. That's their plan. So they're all <laughs> on a stage ready and they got the dad and he's tied up in no context of the scene. He walks in, they're discussing this pill, he grabs it and eats it. He's like, oh, I'm so hungry. And he grabs this pill out of the bad guy's hand, eats it, right? And so a little turbo lax. So they tie him to a chair. Action. He shits himself, Yeah. throws up on himself, and is just sitting there with the chair and has attitude. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, again, they go to such lengths to make this guy look like such a fucking idiot. And I, I was astounded by it. And the last straw was like, have you seen any damsel in distress in a movie like shit herself midway through and then just sit in it for the rest of the movie? Yes. No. You know, no. did that happen in King Kong 1976? For real? No, not for what? real. <laughs> <laughs> Within the narrative, if a giant ape grabbed you. Yeah. Introducing. You, you would, Jessica Lange shits herself. <laughs> the brown note. Like it, it's, it was so infuriating because, again, I get turning the tables and making the dad a... Totally. Right. Yeah. But this was so, and maybe I'm just raging because, you know, my kids were laughing at it. My wife's like, you're being over the top, but it just was so obnoxious. I want you to watch it just to see. All right. All right. And, and then, then, and then when I take their side, you'll be really, you'll be over the probably. top. Yeah. <laughs> and on. then we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, which has a strong female character until a certain point. Yeah. And we were listening to another podcast that talks about good movies, actually, surprisingly. And is Indiana Jones good at his job? Because the Marion character is introduced in a really cool way. Indiana Jones goes on a mission, right? Uh, He isn't smart enough to learn the local language or engage the local tribe to help him. (laughs) He hires a couple of unscrupulous guys who cheat him. You could argue he's a terrible archaeologist, right? Well, he's got a bullwhip. Yeah, <laughs> the least effective thing possible, man. No, no bullets are a serious weapon. Well, if you know how to use them, you don't cut your face up doing it. But anyway, <laughs> we got on this topic of like, does Indiana Jones suck at what he does? And for the most part in that movie, he does. But you meet Karen Allen's character, right? The first thing that happens is he walks in. She's just won a shot drinking competition over a giant Nepalese man. Indiana Jones comes in, and her first thing is to punch him right in his face. <laughs> that is a strong lead character. Right? right yeah. And then, you know, again, she kind of has the damsel because that's the storytelling and that's Spielberg's, the serial part. Yeah. But her first introduction is pretty hardcore. Yeah. You know, and she kind of helps with the fight. And, and so I've been watching these kind of female-empowered movies. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of – most of the ones we've done had and there there is very a, strong a long – Yeah, that is a, a pretty cool tone. So um, – our movie this week is uh, one I picked called In a World. In a World. Uh, with an ellipsis at the end. So the dot, dot, dot is part of the title. 2013. 
So yep. your experience, how did you find it? I think you had to pay for it, right? I did too. Yeah. Yeah. I had to pay for it twice, actually. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know, Lake was worth a second spin. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so the first thing that struck me was the complete 180 from from last episode, right? So lap... We, the. <laughs> Dialogue in the last episode, you had to like, you know, buy a vowel just to just to get some dialogue. Seventeen True. minutes before the first anything word, yeah. was spoken, and it wasn't even spoken by the lead character. This movie um, is a complete talking head movie, which never stops. And I I bet you couldn't time seventeen minutes in the whole movie where there's no dialogue. So that's what struck me first was how you know 180 we're going right. from last that's episode to this. You know, and I thought that was pretty cool. Well, the film description, and this is again from IMDb, uh, is an underachieving uh, voice coach finds herself competing in the movie trailer voiceover profession against her arrogant father and his protege. Pretty close. Yeah. Would you, Gustav is his protege, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Or tries to be. And then, you know, there's turnabout. But uh, so um, it's a movie about voiceover and narration. And um, should we play the trailer? Yeah. Okay. We can play the trailer because it's kind of fun. Um, and here is the trailer for In a World. In a world. In a world. In a world. Hey, make sure your phone's turned off. I think we're getting some feedback out here. Oh. Uh. All right. Uh. Ready, ready. This Wednesday, one woman will teach another woman. <clears throat> I just woke up, so my voice is cold. Let's face it, the industry does not crave a female yeah, sound. Yeah, Dad, you may be painfully aware of that my whole life. Not being sexist, like... that's just the truth. Oh. You should stick with the accents. That's what you're good at. What was that great, that Russian Star Wars thing you used to do as a kid? Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Please, let me hear it. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> I just love that. It's so been working. The vocal coaching, right? Hello, Carol. Eva Lugui. Oh, that was you think, you stupid slapper. Eva, could you just put the cork back in your mouth and work on those vowels? Thank you. I might be the voice of Sunny Delight. Sunny D? Next up, lemon drop shots on me. I'll see you. I'll uh, see you tonight then. All right. Okay. I know she hung up already. Is that obvious? I lost it to a broad. Are you kidding me? Nowadays, they're flying planes. They're taking jobs. That's just the reality. Welcome to today's world. Let's give the voiceover industry something to talk about here. What do you say? Sorry. Carried away there. The great big epic coming down the pike. The Amazon Games. It's about these fierce, mutated female Amazonian warriors battling clone prehistoric cavemen hybrids. It's all based on the Prussian War. And everybody's in a half, I guess. They're reinstating the hokey in a world. This Wednesday, one woman will teach another woman to sound a little less. Can I get a smoothie around here? I don't know where you'd get a smoothie around here at all. I'm so sorry. Okay, thanks so much. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so it was a little long, but um, it, it's I like that because the trailer susses out some pretty 
you know, important lines that, you know, we'll touch on. But it is uh, written and directed and starring Lake Bell, which this admittedly is going to be the most commercial, I guess, movie we've done because there's a lot more recognizable stars in it. Yeah. I think you could argue. And made it into Sundance. Made it into Sundance. Yeah. Um, Had you seen Lake Bell in anything? No, I don't. Not that I remember. I was trying to. You know, I was thinking about that when I was looking at her and throughout the movie, and because she, she's got that feeling, you know, like, oh, where have I seen her yeah. before? But she, what's what I love about comedy and independent film is you'll see a lot of the people in this movie. They worked on uh, the TV show Children's Hospital is a big connector between Ken Marino and um, Rob Corddry. A lot of these people were on that show. Malin Ackerman, uh, Michael Sarah was on it before he was Michael Sarah. And a lot of these actors have been in different movies together. Okay. So I see like Belle getting to this point where she's like, I've got this movie and she's just calling friends. Yeah. You know, she's calling in people that she's liked and worked uh, well together. Um, She also wrote and directed I Do Until I Don't, 2017 movie with Ed Helms and Paul Reiser, which isn't Paul Reiser. You don't see him much in anything. (laughs) So she wrote and directed... Her next film is yeah well. was in 2017 and okay so I'm gonna be embarrassed and I'm gonna tell you the movie I know her from um, <laughs> back when traveling for work was a thing you know you're and, and this was a, a you know quite a while ago uh-huh. and you didn't have movies on your phones and Hulu and that kind of thing so you're in a hotel and you're on whatever cable and I got home from an event one night and a movie called Over Her Dead Body was on and it stars Lake Bell Paul Rudd and Eva Longoria. Really? And Paul Rudd and Eva Longoria were a couple. Eva Longoria dies and comes back as a ghost. <laughs> and Paul Rudd starts to date Lake Bell, and she tries to foil it from beyond the grave. That sounds vaguely familiar. It's, I may have seen that way back in the day. It's fun. It, it's, but, <laughs> it's fun. But And again, yeah, the reason why she probably got Eva Longoria to play herself in this movie. Yeah, not only play herself, to play, you know... Yeah. Just a role that you, would, you wouldn't embarrass yourself in, you know? Uh, also stars Fred Melamed as Sam Soto. Oh, sorry, Lake Bell. Her name is Carol Solomon. Fred Melamed as Sam Soto. Had you seen him in anything? No. He, he interesting, well, you saw in that interview that he spent 20 years of his career as a voiceover actor. Yeah, and Lake said she, she didn't no even idea. know that, but yet he was cast as yeah. being that. So that's it, one of those things you wouldn't movies. believe it. He was in Ishtar, actually, which is a movie that a lot of people think is the worst movie ever made. Uh, he's in The Dictator, Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, uh, non-subversive uh, movie, and he's in Bone Tomahawk, this guy. Uh, well, I've seen that. Yeah. So he wasn't a major character, but he was in it. Uh, then we got Michaela Watkins, who plays Danny, already, I think, going to be a, a fun character. Uh, she is in Wanderlust with Malin Ackerman and Ken Marino, who plays Gustav. So now, Michaela, I... Michaela Watkins... Danny and Ken Marino Gustav played uh-huh. husband and wife in Wanderlust. Yeah, I knew I had seen her before, yeah. and it's that. because Awesome. Yeah, now that you brought that up, because I had definitely seen that movie. Um, Ken Marino, uh, Gustav Warner. We just talked about a bunch of stuff uh, he's been in. The aforementioned Don't Watch the Sleepover. And then we got... <laughs> if you want to be Ryan's I, You friend. know what? Watch it, just to see how ridiculous his performance is. I felt bad for him. I felt bad. Like, when he's shitting it, like... <laughs> All right, apply more. You know, on set, they're like, ah, not enough puke on his shirt. Anyway, Dimitri Martin plays Lewis. Uh, he's the kind of love interest of Lake Bell's, the guy oh, who runs the studio. Yeah, the big crush. Um, I I from only know him from his stand-up. He's a great stand-up comedian. 
really kind of fun and cerebral. Um, he was in Contagion. That's yeah. the only other movie I remember him in. But he he stays in character. You know, he doesn't. You know, the I can't quite man up. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Rob Corddry, who I mean, needs no introduction. Plays Mo. I mean, Hot Tub Time Machine one and two alone. <laughs> Um, but did you recognize him from a movie that we both love and I think is one of his best performances? Rob Corddry, the Mo, the ball I guy. I can't get past Hot Tub. Butter. Yes. Did that? Oh, I thought you might have thought of that right away. Yeah, no, no. I forgot about that. Shit. Yeah. I love Butter. He it, And I've seen him in a lot of movies, and I think his performance in Butter is one of his best. Yeah, with uh, Alicia. He's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, tagline. <laughs> Speak up and let your voice be heard. Hmm. I guess that's all it could be. Because hmm. that ties into the end, actually. Actually, that's interesting. Uh, it's fitting. One hour and 33 minutes. No budget info, but the worldwide gross was $3.1 million. Look at that. She made millions. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it didn't cost that much. And a lot of the actors you know, probably did it for scale or, or even less. Yeah. And when, in the interview, they were talking about that. How you always think, oh, the actors make so much because yeah. they were in a big movie. Like, no, no usually they really. didn't make that much. <laughs> in the- <laughs> uh, it was nominated for a ton of awards, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, it won Best Screenplay at Sundance. Which is huge. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. And, and you know, she got a lot of awards or nominations for performance, for directing, for writing. Uh-huh. So kind of across the board, a lot of different film festivals, a yeah. lot of kind of niche things. So this is actually the second movie where, that we've done in only six episodes where a woman has written, directed, and starred and in her starred. own movie. It, Look at I, us go. I didn't think about that on purpose. I honestly didn't think of Most no. Beautiful Island like that um, because I forgot um, that Lake Bell wrote this movie. And... Pay no attention to that noise in the corner. Uh, it was filmed. It was shot in 20 days. And. 20 days. It was shot in 20 days. The whole days. thing. Yeah. And, you know, you saw in the, that interview how prepared she was. But yeah. this movie, and I haven't clocked the other ones, but it passes the Bechdel test. Explain, please. Oh, haven't we talked about this? Well, I, I'm i sure we have, but it's Well, not. the Bechdel test is a... It's a test in a movie. It's not to say how feminist the movie is, but a movie passes the Bechdel test when two women, preferably with character names, speak to each other, and it's not about a man. Oh. You'd be surprised how seldom it happens. Really? Yeah. Now, yeah, my wheels are spinning right and now. I clocked a couple conversations, but it's a specific conversation at the end um, that definitely... Um, Makes it happen. But did you okay. notice in the trailer for the film at the end, did you notice anybody in that trailer? The Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Because the blonde that had her face in the camera, I'm like, that her. really looks like Cameron Diaz. I wonder if she yeah, did she, it. Yeah, uncredited is, cameo. Is it her? Yeah, it is. 100% like, her. If not, man, that chick looks just like her. It's yeah. So she's uh, uncredited as as the Amazon leader in the Amazon games, which we'll talk about. I can't believe you dug that up. That is so cool. Because I was wondering that. Yeah, I was actually thinking that. Nice call. And what's ironic is in the movie The Holiday, Cameron Diaz plays uh-huh. somebody who runs a company that makes trailers. Yeah, yeah. And then she also throws her whole bedroom set out the window at the guy that cheated on her. That's right. Fierce. 
<laughs> her whole bedroom set. Just stay there. Well, Get in the dresser. The, and the lands- Wait. Yeah. Here's right, my pillow. Right before he confesses, the landscaping guy is shaking his head at him. Don't do it, dude. <laughs> Don't do it. And he's like, yes, I slept with her. Now here comes all the here there comes all the go. laundry. Here comes all the- <laughs> Start with the laundry. Start with something heavy and then, you know, beam She's them with Working socks. her way up. <laughs> well, um, the film opens up and, you know, I like this kind of it's a black screen and there's a phone that rings. Yeah. And an answering machine. Like a knock up. at the door. Right. You, so I'm, uh, there's a theme here. An answering machine picks up, which is interesting, because I thought, it, was that just done for effect in the movie? But what I think, it, and you hear this big booming voice, <laughs> and it ends with, a voice is not a blessing, it's a choice, and then beep. So you assume it's the outgoing answering machine of somebody, and we find out it's, Daddy. it's Carol's character. Well, the, the voicemail... No, I think that's the narration her outgoing, was her dad. That's right? her outgoing voice message on her answering machine, because then it beeps, and you get this is Lewis from Sound Mix a lot. Yeah, cause with she, the well, with the job that he's going to offer her. Well, the guy that says it, the voice is a choice is her dad. Well, yeah, you find that out later, but I think her dad did her outgoing voicemail message. Oh, for her phone. Yeah, it's not the house phone. Uh, no, it's it's clearly an answering machine, and it's her, and she's like, oh. And it's Dimitri Martin's character, Lewis, okay. saying, this is Lewis from Sound Mix-A-Lot, yeah. which is the name of the company is Sound Mix-A-Lot. That's yeah, pretty Lou- funny. And, and he's, uh, you know, skipping over his words. He's trying to, you know, you can tell right yeah. from the very beginning that he's got a thing for her. Well, he's got a, jo- he's got a job offer. And it's the actress, the real actress, Eva Longoria, who has to re-loop her lines to an entire movie. <laughs> because she, she plays a cockney mob wife. Already, that's funny. Eva yeah, Longoria, slapper. if you know her, is the farthest thing from a British Cockney mob wife. Yeah. And he says, and again, <laughs> I don't condone this word, and it's, it's, it's not an excusable word, but it's apologized for in the podcast. He says, in the, in the movie, she sounds like a retarded pirate, but he acknowledges that it wasn't cool to say that, but I just thought that <laughs> retarded pirate. He apologizes on the voicemail. And he said, I'm sorry if any of your family, no, any of your friends or cousins, I didn't mean that offense, you know, I didn't mean to say it. He doesn't say family, he says friends or cousins. He's an awkward character, and it's clear that she's kind of a a voice person. Um, She's in a studio of some kind, which I think is cool. We never go back, I don't think, to that particular setting. Because it must, oh no, that must be her dad's studio. It's her dad's. That's what it is. Because the dad records in that later on. All right, so it's her dad's. Yeah, it, outgoing voicemail. Because she's living in his house. Yeah, we find out. I later. just we just put that together. It's her dad's answering machine. So then, again, to kind of open the movie, she gets in front of the mic and says, in her best trailer voice, "One woman, or on Wednesday, one woman will teach another woman to sound." A little less retarded. And again, not an excusable word, but in the context of, of the movie, in what she's trying to say is, what I'm doing is ridiculous, but I'm doing it. Well, and she's warming up her voice and repeating his voicemail, <laughs> kind of throwing it back at and him. And already, you can tell the beat of the writing. Like, yeah. this is going to be, you know, quick and snappy, but, but witty. And she's got some kind of, you know, agency to her. She's kind of, you know, interesting. So what did you think of the intro, the credits? Did you know who Don LaFontaine was? Um, I I did from when he passed away, you know, because a lot of stuff was popping up then. 
but I didn't right. know him like before that. I mean, I knew the voice, but I didn't realize all that stuff. And then after he passed away, there were a lot. There was a lot of stuff. Yeah, he passed away in two thousand and eight, and I was going to go into a bunch of the stuff he did, but but you can look him up on your own. Don LaFontaine, he is, he's the inner world. You know, the movie trailer guy. He worked from like the seventies, and and the intro of the movie or the opening credits is essentially little interviews with him. Um, but it's an honorarium because he's passed away within the framework of this yeah. movie. Well, he did that commercial too, and they were playing that commercial. Yeah, it's, the, like, it's like a Geico commercial. or yeah. something commercial. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Where the this lady, car ran into me, and then in a world where a car runs into a lady, yeah. you know, <laughs> new opportunities present themselves. Yeah, so it's teeing up the world of voiceover acting. They talk about how much this guy works. Sometimes he'd do thirty promos a day, but then you start to see interviews with other people, right? And you see two of our characters from the movie introduced in the intro yeah, in this the, way. The new regime, I guess you'd say. Because he was the Don father, as they put the Don it. He, father, he was yeah. the, he was the man. And he coined in a world. That's his. Yeah. That's the Holy Grail. That's his. He can only sip from that cup. So we meet <laughs> um, Sam, Sam Soto, who is Carol's father, and he's being interviewed, saying, you know, giving his accolades. And, and Gustav, we meet Gustav, and he's again in the voiceover game, and he's giving his accolades. Yeah. And you start to see where the ego is because they're teeing up the fact that, you know, there's 100 voiceover actors in L.A. and only five of them get all the money. And Don LaFontaine's like, that's the way it should be. Yeah. And they're teeing up this is a man's, man's world. This is masculine. It's cutthroat. And the, unless you know, you're this in the is 1%. why the credits are running, you know, so they're kind of she is setting everything up. And so that that's kind of interesting. And um they end so I think a lot of this has to do with ego. There's a lot of themes of ego, and even um, Sam's last little bit about Don. He said he leaves big shoes to fill. I think he was a size eleven, and I'm a size thirteen. What a yeah. dick! Yeah, he's holding up his and he holds up his goddamn foot. <laughs> Just saying, I don't know if that can means anything, that? but can you see that? You know. So immediately again, you see, and you. You assume that there's ego and performance yeah. oh, and this kind of th- actor, voice actors. Yeah, and, and it plays out throughout the entire entire movie, yeah. especially at that party. Yeah. <laughs> and so it uh, it cuts to, to Sam going home, and we see him disturbing his daughter, who Carol, who lives at home. Yeah, waking her up. So here's the thing. Do you have – is I think she's an empathetic character in a way, but that you, you could make a case like she still lives at home. Mm-hmm. You know, is that unsympathetic? You know, it's clearly like eleven o'clock. Oh yeah, it's it's an interesting. Or is that just L.A.? Because you know, kids live at home until they're thirty-two and they make it as a actor. And well, just to jump, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, his his girlfriend, the groupie, is you know the same age as her, yet she's the one that kind right. of forces them to do the tough love and make make That's her uh, stand up on her own two feet. So that's. And I think shit's in there for you to think about. Right. You know? Well, she, you know, even as he wakes her up in bed, she tries to do the, this Wednesday. She's trying to prove to him, well, him she's, that she can do. She's She wants daddy's approval. That's what it boils down to. But also to be to. validated as her own artist, her own person. Right. So I can it's do this all, too. Yeah. It's all so enca- encapsulated. They get into the, to the little breakfast area and he, and you heard some of it in the trailer. He's saying that a female voice is not wanted in this profession stick to your voices and that's when yeah. you hear the it's, star wars thing. yeah it's not sex that was in the trailer yeah. and he says it's not sexist it's just the way it is so you know i got to give a shout out to one of my movies 
from a couple of, couple of episodes ago. And when she did that voice, I immediately heard uh, Miss Natasha <laughs> right after uh, these droids are not the oh ones boy. you're looking for. Then I heard, New oh York boy. ate them. Ah, ah, you're currently ah. stalking that actress right now, right? Does it, you have an yeah. appointment outside her room in her bushes? <laughs> <laughs> Wherever that may Telescopic be. Telescopic lens. <laughs> so um, dad makes a kind of drops a bomb on his daughter and says, Jamie, who ostensibly is his, his lady, is moving in and she's got to go. And it's that funny moment. And she calls where, like, her, doesn't she call her the groupie right away? Calls her a groupie yeah. and says um, that she... Smells like lifesavers and has a Midwest accent. Unironically, and she collects um, what oh, was what the magazine? Yeah, like Rainbow Magazine. Rainbow, or yeah. And, she, and he goes, and a lot of people collect that for all the wrong reasons. And, and I did, I they did tee up, and and I hate to go backwards a few seconds, but you know she's talking about how she's gathering her voices, right? And you see this a few times, but she does say that there's a crazy German outside of Quiznos, and she wanted to record his voice. Yeah. And he believes that the world's true currency is lettuce, <laughs> well, which I thought was hysterical. Yeah. And, and this she said, I brought runs... a head of Romaine to negotiate with him. That's funny. Yeah. That's good writing. Well, and this theme runs through the whole movie of her secretly recording people's accents because she does that. That's what yeah. she does. And she did that in real life in yeah. her interview. Oh, I have to think that's that... a real thing that these voice actors do. Yeah. And but... hopefully with people's, you know. Compliance. <laughs> yeah, no, when she I just tries to get it. the Asian guy at the laundromat. Yeah, <laughs> borders on a little weird. I loved how she did that throughout the whole movie. It was it was a great line. So he she tries to negotiate a deal, and he says, you know, optimally, uh, I need you out by tonight. Well, yeah. and <laughs> she's she's like, yeah, can I have a little bit of time? You know, and he, oh sure, sure. We talk. You know, how does tonight? You know, tonight would be great. <laughs> and then she comes slamming through the door, and then we find out it's her uh, her sister's. Well, he apartment. Well, no, the 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 line that I really like is the father's doing tough love. I've enabled you. I've enabled you. I read this. Well, because know, the group he printed off of Yahoo magazine, but he says, "I'm going to support you by not supporting you." Yeah, and Jess and I laughed again. Like that's such a good line. Yeah, and he did I, that actor. I love in this. Yeah, he's really good. I think the only there was one place. And I loved him throughout, but there was one place that it felt forced, and we'll jump back. But. Okay. So he's in the sauna with Gustav a little later on here. The first time? Yeah. When he, How often? No, this was after he slept with How often Lake. are they in saunas, the grossest things of all time? Oh, saunas yeah. Saunas are disgusting. They like it. They're in the sauna all the it's time. A, it's an L.A. thing. Oh. Because it's, it's not hot it's enough It's like out the there. hot tub of the Andy Sedaris world. <laughs> hey oh. So yeah, I just when he when ste- he does that, are gross. when he calls him the scorpion, he says, "Give her the stinger for me." And Baba, yeah. but that that just felt forced. Okay, well, I mean, it, I think it does for a particular reason, which we'll get to. Okay, but first of ninety steam room scenes, um, he's he <laughs> Sam starts to show more and more skin as we go along, and we see the hairiest man of all time. Yeah, he's this a chia pet. This guy's definitely a, a very large. And he's in the steam room with Gustav, who's all smooth and and rippled. And he mentions that there's a big epic coming down the pike, and they're going to revitalize in a world world. for some kind of movie series, something epic. Quadrilogy. Is it? 
Yeah. How many times did they say that? It's a quadrilogy. 17. Nancy says it. Oh, Nancy. When we get to Nancy. Na- oh, my God. I would Nancy? Look, I would look so hot for you. Oh, oh, she says one of my favorite lines in the movie. <laughs> but so Sam is still plugged into the scene, right? So he's he's got an agent. He's getting word. And what's really telling is he's telling Gustav this, a guy we don't know how he knows, I guess. And it's clear that Sam is going to back Gustav. Yeah. You got my vote for this next thing, this iconic thing. He's telling him he's the next guy and I'm going to back you, kid. And right away, he was just kind of like, that's shitty. Yeah. Don't you remember remember your own flesh and blood that was working so hard? He he gave contacts to when he was trying to help her. Yeah, yeah. And you just said that. But, you know, again, what he said is maybe he doesn't see the bet in betting on her, which is still a shitty thing he doesn't think, to do. Well, he said he doesn't believe that it's it's a woman's gig. Yeah. So that's a big theme of the movie. And I like, you know, it's a hard cut. Normally, you, don't, you know, I, I don't like this, but it's a hard cut to another couple who seem to be fighting. Always. And it's Danny and Mo. So Danny is Carol's sister. Mm-hmm. Mo is her husband, played by Rob Corddry, brilliantly, I think. Yeah. And they seem to be arguing about her misplacing her wedding ring. And it's brief, but it's clear that, okay, they're fighting. And then they start arguing about why they're arguing. Oh, yeah, and, and what then, an argument means. And then that really becomes <laughs> funny. Yeah. And Again, good lines there. Um, but so um, Carol, which is such an odd name for her, by the way. She just doesn't seem like a Carol to me. I agree. I, I thought that was weird. <laughs> I would, Yeah. So Carol shows up at her sister's house. And what I loved about this, it's clearly happened before. She's just, sister's kind of, why didn't you call? Rob Corddry immediately starts grabbing her bags, like, same <laughs> shit as always. Yeah, he's like, uh, glad I didn't, you know, my favorite, didn't throw give away my, my favorite couch. sofa. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you clock the layout of this apartment? Well, yeah, but you don't, from the look in your eyes, I didn't enough. Well, it's, these people are, Rob Corddry specifically, Yeah, just a saint in this movie, the character. But you walk Whoa. into the apartment. On the right is the kitchen and where the kitchen table is. Uh-huh. Ahead of him is where his office area is. There's a little couch and then their bed. They don't have a separate bedroom. It's a studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never, I didn't notice that until one particular shot when you can see, I'm like, there is, they don't have a bedroom. That's a studio. And they made a little curtain around the couch. Oh, I didn't for pick Carol. up on that. What lovely, even if they're fighting or they're, you know, yeah. they're still, they're still kind to her. <laughs> they're going through their own shit. Yeah. And then. Uh, and, and that's the first time they're kind of arguing about her dad. And Mo is like, your dad's a sexy, cool guy. Yeah. they <laughs> He stuck up for him and they kind of cut out of that scene. It's after. a theme nonstop. And again, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be talking, obviously not a visual podcast, but um, I guess he's not, you know, Billy Zane in his prime. You know, he's not Brian no, Bloom. No, he, he, he is 350, easy, guy, plus, dude. covered in hair. Yeah, he's bald. But, you know, it, it's an interesting, you know, it's his charisma. It's his, it's his persona. Voice. It's his voice. Yeah, it's his voice. That even a man is like, he's a sexy, cool dude. Yeah. Um, well, the groupie does say a great line to that later on. She after, does. After he does his recording, but we'll get to that. So now we learn more about Danny and Mo. And Danny, as it seems, <laughs> is a concierge at a very ritzy hotel somewhere. Now, I this is interesting because both of us worked in hospitality. And Todd has been a concierge in a hotel, in hotels for how long? 
Oh, let's say seven years. Seven years. You'd say you're an expert in the field. Your thoughts <laughs> on her as a concierge employee, where her desk was, being able to read a book just in the middle of the lobby. Yeah, it was uh, – Lake created that world. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know that she – well, I'm kind of was up on how that, that works. They had a concierge in the middle of the lobby and a desk. Well, yeah, it's sitting behind a desk. But is, it's not, un, I guess that's not unheard of, but it's just like, did you find that weird? I, I did just because my that's not my experience, but, you know, I've never been in an L.A. environment either. So, I mean, that, for all I know, that hotel is, that's where the concierge sits. And that could be. I, I think the fancier the hotel, the concierge, one-on-one service, they're not, you know, a... a um, a cattle call in the lobby. Um, but it, and it's, I think that's where it's revealed that Carol has been coming to the fancy hotel to record, record guests. Yeah. Unknowing. Maybe and she starts doing it right there when they, yeah, with her <laughs> tape recorder. Yeah. Some guy comes, sits down and out comes the phone. <laughs> and is that when we meet the Irish guy? That first, uh, intro to Danny at work. Yeah, they they do set up that she she wants to rec- you know record him. That may um, be a little bit later, but the first because that guy just gets progressively creepier, and I think the first that's the first like oh hi this is an Irish guy. Yeah, he stops by she and kind of his way out just a little something. Um, and now we go to um, the vocal session with Eva Longoria, which. I think it's pretty funny because she's trying to do this cockneyed line and they're just working on one line and, and Carol's helping her with the phonetics. Like don't say the, you, you know, replace TH with F. Yeah. And evil, evil and is kind of playing fun at herself. Well, yeah. Right. I, I, I was mean, surprised she took it, you know, cause she's got, then she gets offered to do that jungle gym Thing. So she tells she tells Eva to put a cork in her mouth and practice her vowels, which is totally hilarious. And then runs down the hall and records her uh, right her jungle gym jingle, which leads pushes the story forward because then she starts getting getting all these job offers. And that is kind of a cool thing. Yeah, and, and it's and and Lewis is behind it all, who's you know clearly got a thing for her. And then uh, the other his coworkers are making fun of yeah. him, and you know, <laughs> and, and there's you, a good there's a you, realism to that. I think yeah. you know the the. Was co-worker. that Spider-Man? Is that Spider-Man that you played? The guy that was sitting next to him? Oh, Nick Offerman? Yeah. Yeah. That's Spider-Man from... Um, Spider-Man? Yeah. Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreation? <laughs> from my movie. Spider-Man. Yeah. From Most Beautiful movie? Island, Spider-Man. When you played oh, that... Oh, gosh. Brian, yes. Is I, that the I, same guy? I played a clip from Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Okay, we got there. Is that... <laughs> yeah, that's But him. that's him. Okay, thank you. So then we're back at the at the hotel and you get this Irish guy again and you he reveals his last name is Pouncer. Did you catch that? <laughs> no. You don't know who the Irish guy is? Oh, wow. I've got a good reveal for you then. Okay. And I didn't I didn't call this, my wife did, and it was triumphant. I I, I wanted to marry her again <laughs> on the spot. Um and he said he says he's got a mate who's not feeling well. Can you send him some medicine and it's whiskey or something? Yeah. Danny looks at the card and it's Gustav's it's name and address. She, she's, she's like, like God. rolls her eyes, figures. Yeah. So that didn't tie anything together for you. Who the who the Irish guy is? Yeah. No, oh, don't, don't I know. Think about I know it. it's going to be really don't obvious because he looks familiar. Yeah. Don't read about it. 
Um, Put the phone away. So now um, Carol is going back to her recording studio because the Eva Longoria thing, I think, was in a different place. She goes back to her uh, studio, which is all those studios are real, like legendary studios in Burbank. The hallways, the studios, everything. Oh, cool. None of them were sets. Yeah. Um, And that's where Carol comes in and we meet Nancy, the new receptionist. Yeah. What a card Nancy is, huh? (laughs) What a card. What a cut up. She reveals that she thinks her dad is sexy, too. And that was in the trailer that you heard. That was the one, yeah. Your dad is so sexy. sexy. She's reading his autobiography. Yeah, so so now in one morning, she's heard it from Mo. Yeah. Or night before, she you know heard it from Mo. Yeah. And now the new re, the new receptionist, she's hearing it from Maybe now her. she's like, maybe he is. Like, maybe I've been wrong. She's like, no, no, these people are Because <laughs> daddy issues can cause a whole lot of you know, things for somebody like that who's... Who's dealt with this? But Lewis comes in, uh, played by again by Dimitri Martin, who clearly likes her. But he's doing. Did you get annoyed at his stumbling over his words too much? Well, was that was point. Little... You wanted him that you wanted like, dude, grow up hair. You know, deepen yeah. your voice. Ask her out. But you know, he's <laughs> a guy who engineers for for vocal work and for like you yeah. have to have a pretty good command. He just seems yeah. to fall apart immediately well, when she's around. And, and Cher, who is, it's pretty obvious that she is, um, you know, what her choices by are and, ma- and mates are. She, and she's pushing them to step up with some really great lines that we'll probably mention. Yeah. Uh, Tignataro yeah. plays Cher. Who, and, did you know that Cher and Nancy are married in real life and have two kids? She asked Nancy out yeah. no, they're a real, at the end of the movie. They're a real couple. We'll see it work. Yeah. Tig uh, was unfortunately suffering from breast cancer during the filming of the movie uh, and currently is cancer-free. Again, they're married and have two kids. So, wait. She asked her for a drink. She goes, stop trying to woo me by being mean. I mean me. No, no, no. And let's have a drink. You want to have a drink later? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Those two are married in real life. Okay. Nancy and Cher. So, um, I forget why Carol is at the studio. But it turns out that Gustav was supposed to do a temp track for a children's romantic comedy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> called Welcome to the Jungle Gym. And it, it, when I heard him say, I was like, what? And they call out to it. But Nick Offerman's character, he comes in. Did you hear what he called Gustav? He well, co- I think she was there doing the Jungle Gym, wasn't she? No, she wasn't. She gets a chance to do that. She's doing something else. She steps in to do the welcome to the jungle gym because Gustav Jizz Nuggets is a no show. <laughs> Get out of here. That's I... what Nick Offerman called Gustav. Gustav Jizz Nuggets. <laughs> and he yeah. was supposed to do it, and she jumps in at the last minute because, because he's like, he was Get sick. Cher to do it. And it sounds like she's a like a hyperaptic or a depressed chipmunk or something. Yeah, and he tries to get Spider Man to do Carol it. Carol says you know, I can do it. And they're like, yeah, sure. Well, because he, he's totally into her. He's like, yeah, yeah, you do it. So they they have her do it. And again, this is just a temp track. So a studio can kind of get the tone of the of the trailer and hire somebody to do it. It's like an audition tape. Yeah, in a way. But okay. like, I think studios want temp tracks of anybody doing it so they can hear how the trailer flows. So they can either change it and then hire, you know, who they want to hire. And... That's kind of a fun thing. She's got to jump and pivot and do this thing. Yeah. And this is where I didn't get it the first time because when you first see Gustav in his house and his very stern Russian maid, 
I'm like, how the fuck is this guy so rich? But Nick Offerman's character goes on a rant about how he got an inheritance. Yeah. And I never, I didn't pick that up before. Yep. His parents died. Left him a bunch of money. Yeah. He lost money on a sock buying and a then soccer he, and team. And then he fall. And then he like he's struggling through life. And then this guy falls into the voiceover. Yeah. Stuff even even with all the money. And so that that kind of places in context because for a while I was like, wait, why? How was this guy so rich? Why doesn't he, he need to do any of this? But then they go back briefly to Danny and Moe's house, and again fighting. Yeah. There's something, and they don't really address. Did it well, she's, you that they she's don't foreshadowing really... the. Uh... But why are they fighting? What's wrong? Like he they're, seems like a really nice they're guy. They're in a they're in a confined space. They're right. around each other all the time. Damn studio in L.A. It'll kill you every yeah. time. Yeah, and uh, you know they're just fighting over stupid stuff. And she's foreshadowing why the uh, event, which is about to come up here real soon, and then yeah, and I want to when we talk about that, I want to point out um, his reaction to Pippa as well. So it's kind of it yeah. was kind of both ways. Nobody plays. No, he, he's just an awkward. Nobody plays awkward like Rob. No, Gordon. you don't call her at work and make sure she's not coming home. If you, oh not, no, I think he absolutely if, was hoping she was coming home for sandwich club sandwich. No, day. no, he he was just making sure just in case we differ. Just in case Pippa wanted to get down, we differ. I think Mo is pure. <laughs> he's not. But now we're. Did we're, you see her? <laughs> she hadn't showered for three days. I wouldn't want any of that. Uh, his sweatpants were a year old. He's been wearing sweatpants for a year. So we're back to the hotel, and now we found find Irish guy, and he comes upon Danny, who's reading a full blown book at her desk in the middle of this fancy yeah, hotel. The, the concierge, <laughs> and this and she is doesn't when even see him sit down. He amps up the creepy. Yeah, she's oh excuse me, and this is when he notices she has no wedding ring. He's getting yeah. creepier, and he says, "Call me Terry." Well, he says. He said that he's no way he's going to stop hitting on her now. His name is Terry Pouncer. Oh. Yeah, that's, but he's, you don't. I would have went with Harry. <laughs> Harry Pouncer. Harry Pouncer. <laughs> it's like the snowman, Harry Hole. <laughs> Nothing gets worse than that. So Carol no. kind of gets on Danny. You really about, blew by that movie reference. You know, we let the guests catch up. That That is another, uh, an, you know, another movie reference that. Too fast paced. We don't uh, particularly like. So, um, Carol is pressuring Danny to to interview or get Terry's accent because she likes his Irish brogue. She doesn't have it. She doesn't right. have it recorded, and she needs it. And she needs she it for her collection. To stalk this guy, so she's trying to figure out, you know, what else might happen. Yeah. So she she put Danny in the room with him. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a whole other thing. But um, it turns out Carol gets the welcome to the to the jungle gym gig because Lewis calls her. Yeah. And that's a fun part because we find out later, this is problematic, she has no agent. So how is she, <laughs> when is she getting gigs? And just how do, are they telling her? I think Lewis has helped, you know. She doesn't know anything. Yeah. Lewis is putting her in front of the right people. Although dad said he gave her all his contacts. Well, no, I think they, because they, Lewis says they heard the temp track and they yeah. want to go with you. They, they yeah. like what you did and they want to give you the job. Yeah. And, and then she gets more. So, so she snaked a job from Gustav, who was supposed to voice that children's romantic yeah. comedy. And then their poolside, him and dad are going at it. Yeah. Did you look up children's romantic comedy? I wouldn't want to. No. You'd be on a list, right? <laughs> I don't use Google. And so, yeah, they cut to Gustav's mansion. Now, when you recreate with another dude by the pool, yeah, do you just have like your 
tidy blueies, I guess those were, your tidy underwear and, and your robe just well, open? It's a step up from the sauna where they're buck-ass naked with a so. towel that probably falls open. Yeah, that was formal then. He yeah, was yeah. formally dressed. He doesn't seem to care that no. he's he's this big, fat, hairy dude and Gustav is ripped and young and well, he just lets it all hang out. Sam's sexy. I mean, he's got, he's got the, the, the magnetism. And this is where I did an Andy comparison because you hear it in the trailer. He says, <laughs> I lost it to a broad. Now, Broads? nobody says broad better than Rodrigo Obregón. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right here. Um, Write this name down. But it's just, it's so, in this day, in 2013, it still felt like broad. Uh-huh. Would he say that? He says he was sick. He missed the audition. Well, and what, Lake is probably 28, 30 years old, and she's right. she wrote the script, and she used that language. I thought, yeah. I think that's funny. And this guy, you know, and that's when the dad says, oh, it's a crazy world. They're flying planes. They're taking jobs. And again, I'm yeah. like, really? In front of the Russian maid. Yeah. And she who, who plays a somebody. sneaky role. She is. She's she, killed people. Yeah. <laughs> she's had people killed. I was fascinated by her for sure. And it's a very tight community, that Russian community. It's very tight community. That was a fun runner. Yeah. I mean, it's such a bizarre thing that they repeat. So I know where it seems like it's jumping quickly around but we're back to to Moe's apartment and this is when the neighbor the English neighbor comes over needing to use their shower because her drain is clogged something her shower is broken in some way shape or form now this is where peanut butter and jelly comes into play did you notice peanut butter and jelly does a lot of heavy lifting in this movie well There's I jars I, of it on the Pippa table I did not know what PB and J was well, he's peanut it's, butter and jam yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> she corrected him. Peanut butter jelly. She's no. British. Jam. Yeah, there's no jelly in in Britain. She. I did not get anything predatory from him at all. I got absolutely awkward. All right. He calls her a shower buddy. You're you're blinded by your. You really think so? Did he? One hundred. Did he bang her? He banged her. No, I'm not saying that. He was making sure that that um, for what reason? Danny wasn't going to come walking in the door because she was due home from work. He called her at work. And and lied about that he was making this no, sandwich didn't, spread. Didn't she call him? No. He called her and said, Yeah, I just wanted to see if you're coming home from dinner. You're I'm making the date. I'm night. making a uh uh I'm making a sandwich bar. Not there's no food out anywhere. And then uh Well he was going to do it, I believe. He's just making he's just finding out if she's gonna come walking in the door or not, and then she finds out What why is he so, afraid of that? And it's a duel because He's got hot Pippa naked in the shower. Well, I could say, hey. What happens when her sister, what happens when Carol walks in? He immediately spots out, Pippa's naked in the shower. Yeah. He just doesn't want to. A lot get, of nervous energy. At. No. <laughs> For what? What is his end game? Is he trying to bang Pippa? He, in case it is doing the guy thing, like just no. in case this happens. No. I'm making sure my bases are covered. I, but nothing's happening. I don't. I don't get any. Like he wants to nail this girl at all. Right. all. You need to. She's you need just, to call Lake up and find out where where she was at on this. When we she talked wrote it. before this. She told me. I like the the <laughs> the runner where Lake is excited. She talks about getting the gig. Yeah, it might be the voice of Sunny D. Sunny D. And she dances around, and he says, "Are you excited or trying to fart?" I might use that in my life. That was a little bit. He does it a few times. Yeah. Well, that line was when, yeah, when she came, when uh, she didn't know he was there after the breakup. Yeah, that's right. He does it earlier. Um, but so, yeah, I, I rent the, the sandwich bar. I think he, 
he's trying to connect with his wife and he may suspect something's going on. And he called to see if she was coming home because if she's not. <laughs> that was all about Pippa, dude. But why, why does he care that she's there? And if she's not there, he's just trying to prepare dinner. <laughs> he doesn't want her to walk in. There's nothing on the table. He works from home. He gets his ass reamed out for that. You, Danny's uh, uptight. I'm going to allow your man crush, and, Again, and we'll move what forward. what is his endgame? Is he trying to have sex with his that woman? His endgame is is if Pippa comes out of the shower and says, hey, you want to wash my back for me, he knows. You think he would? He can go. Well, he knows he can go in because Absolutely Danny's not. not coming home. Absolutely would not. He wouldn't. <laughs> you see how, how, how hurt he is by what happens? I think he's calling well, to see And this has happened on. at the same time. Because he's about done, to go up to the other guy's room. He's just all awkward. Hey, shower buddy. He's holding a sandwich the whole time. Yeah, that's just, not Mac Daddy. He's just that's an idiot. Not, no, but he's got an idiot crush on her. Well, he doesn't know how to he, act. That's how he's scoring girls. It's well. amazing. He made it. <laughs> um, now we go back to the, to the studio, right? And this is where they're talking about Gustav's party. Yeah. The voiceover party. Yeah, the, the first big event of three in the, in the movie yeah. is uh, getting to this party. And Cher, played by Tignataro, suggests that Lewis ask Carol to go with him. Yeah. And that's another goofy conversation where he can't talk. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, no, I'm not going to go. And then she reveals she's going with her dad and sister and yeah. dad's girlfriend. He's like, oh, okay. And well, then he yeah, just gives I might up. go. Well, maybe I will go. Just, you, you just you want to slap him. It's you want to like, you want to help him. It's like that scene in Swingers. It's like, is it? it it's it's Favreau, and he keeps calling the girl. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll hang up. And then he calls her back. Like, I'm sorry, that was so abrupt. Sorry. And yeah. He calls back like five yeah. times. The the nervous the nervous clown. And I I like I don't know who suggested it. And it, it's a funny scene where they say maybe you should take Nancy to make Carol jealous. And Nancy just appears out of the door. We're like, hello? Yep. Her head just comes flying right around the corner. And then she's like, I will be so, I will, where do you see what I'm going to wear? I will be so hot for you. Her line is, you'll shit when you see what I'm wearing. <laughs> and I, we should have seen crazy on her Oh, right off the bat. Yeah. You, well, the way she leans over the counter is like, your dad is so hot. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you know she's not all. So this is when... Um, Carol comes back to where she's staying with Mo and Danny, and she's saying she doesn't want to go to the party, um, but she does go, and she needs a dress. Yeah, she she's holding up that little skirt, and yeah. Mo is like, "Yeah, if you're a twelfth party, nineteen eighty nine or something." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that skirt didn't. It was. And just then a plaid. again, he's like, "Hey, let's go visit Pippa." Yeah, and then at the door, he is so awkward doing the British accent, like "Hello," and she's just like, "Stop doing it," because he's an awkward yeah. dude. And I, I argue it. that he is Lewis. He acts like Lewis around Pippa because he's just, he's kind of infatuated with her. Not okay, that he infatuated. would be. Yeah, maybe he wouldn't do anything, but when yeah. he gets around her, he gets tongue tied. But again, Rob Corddry playing awkward is but, so, he's yeah. so good at it. And I would argue that Miss Danielle there is uh, pretty hot herself. Danielle? Yeah, there's one point in the movie where she's called Danielle instead oh, of Oh, Danny. Danny. Yeah, Danny. Yeah. Danielle. Yeah. yeah, she. I, I like her. She's a really good actress, and she plays a lot of different types. She plays like a, a a bitchy wife or an angry wife, but she's very funny. Yeah, she's not. She doesn't really get a chance to be funny in this at all. Like if anybody, I mean, she is really, and she has kind of a, I guess, a bit of a journey. And I don't know if she's that sympathetic. Um, but they end up going to this party, 
and Gustav. Danny says she's going to go. It's going to be the four of them. And Jamie, um, uh, Carol's dad's girlfriend, suggested to bring the girls, and that's a neat thing, but Danny doesn't show up because she's doing something else. Yeah, Danny doesn't come home from work. So she, uh, Carol jumps Another in the back op- of this car. Another chance for this guy to bang Pippa, yeah. according to you. Well, because Danny was uh, flirting. Or, well, She's doing something really she, terrible. And working in a hotel, do you think that she would be employed if she did that? She she went to his room, knocked on the door, and asked for a favor. Who? Danny? Yeah. Well, no, and she the asked, favor is to record for her to sister. interview him for yeah. her sister. What's record interesting about voice. that is before they go to the party, and this is what kind of colors Danny's character... Carol says, you don't have to do our Danny doesn't have to do Project Ireland because I'm not doing the vocal work. I got these gigs. Yeah, she texted her. And she texted her. She did it anyway. She does it anyway. Yeah. Yep. The marriage has gone flat and this this That's you think, just like this Irish, yeah, this this hunk of a guy is there. just won't stop hitting on her and so she she's liking the attention. Yeah, I mean that's relatable. You know, and he does seem kind of like a bump on a log a little bit, but you know, I think he do, he does try. He's more domestic. He's at home. He's doing home stuff. And Mo, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Works from home. Edits on a computer yeah. all day. Um, did you like uh, Dad's uh, Corvette's license plate? Yeah, enunciate. Enunciate. And then how <laughs> how she you know just trying Carol's a, trying to get in the back seat of a Corvette and he's yelling. I just had this detail. Watch, Watch your heels. <laughs> this and he's yelling at her the whole time and. This is an adult. You know. I don't know about Corvettes, but I assume there's there is no back. I don't even think there's a seat back. I don't know. It's a spaceman. I didn't look it up, but she yeah. shoved. It's Corvettes are a two seater. They're known as a two seater. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we get to this party at Gustav's. So many flowers in Reseda, which we know from the oh from the. I try to look up the house. It's not a real house. So the the invitation said receipt. Yeah, it? it said an address, but it's not a real address. Look at you go. Yeah. Well, I just wanted unco- I wanted I to like give our it. listeners, you know, content meaningful. Why do you listen to this and, and, for the shit that I <laughs> find that doesn't mean anything what, really? What is he going to come up with this week? <laughs> so this party is interesting, and I wondered if there were real voice actors in the scene. I don't know, but some of the conversations. You know, they seemed oddly masturbatory. Well, how in they the were pissing all, contest yeah. group there, where there was four of them, yeah, playing voiceover again, guys, just all putting each other down, and like, yeah, the last time you had anything that was, yeah. <laughs> so um, Nancy unexpectedly goes apeshit, gets hammered. Oh yeah, and is dancing with everybody. And well, Nick, she's attacking Dad, who's, who's Nick hot. Offerman's character, and I don't know if you can help with this, but. He says we got to get her out of here before she she strains her milk. Is <laughs> I, that a I I, I I didn't get that one. I was a little. I guess it was a I, her her hormones working overtime kind of line. You know, milk being the pregnancy. It's reference. probably better that we don't expound on it anymore. But, but yeah, she's mauling. Uh, yeah. She's mauling dad on the dance floor, and then groupie comes and just shoves her out of the gets puts herself in between yeah. the two of them and shoves and, her away. Jamie, I'm just saying it now. MVP of this movie. MVP, I think her her character is set up to be such wow. a turd, and I love. And my clip has something to do with her. I, I, I love this. Is, her this art. is amazing. So Jamie actually has a spiritual moment. 
the oh, groupie of the movie. No kidding. And and you have her as the clip. And yeah. she doesn't have that much wow. Um that much time on film. So the party's happening and we cut back to Mo alone in his apartment and he finds the tape recorder. And what's interesting about mm-hmm. this, I thought, was what is gonna be on it? Because you hear a little bit of yeah. the conversation with the Irish guy in his room. Yeah. But Oh, what is he going to hear like sex stuff and it's going to be awful, but he turns it on and it's almost worse than that because the conversation is so personal and, oh, are you shaking? And Well, he he's reading the lines or he's doing the thing. But he they go off and script And then he goes off fast. script, yeah. And he asks, do you have a boyfriend? Because yeah. he assumes she's not married. And she says, no. And he immediately clicks it off. And. And just stares. Jess at and it. I, the look on his face. Yeah, it was great. So heartbreaking. Yeah. And you know, as an actor, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how many takes it took. I don't know if you had to get into a place. You, you go there from your life experience, I guess. You and, know what I mean? Jess called that out too. We're, as we're, we're like, I, I didn't think about it the first time, but it's devastating. Yeah. And you put yourself in that place. Like you, there's something else on this tape. There's no way you want that in your head for the rest of your life. Yeah. For somebody that, you know, maybe is indicative of the fact that and, you may want to stay with them or make it work somehow. Yeah, and, and the way they wrote it, she, he does it really fast. Yeah. As soon as she says no, he's like, bam, he shuts it off. So now we have to get to the hallway, the with secret the room. <laughs> Gustav, this little perv. And this is the most silent in the entire movie is when she is going through the bookshelf wall, the fake painting books on the wall, and finds the little door handle. Yeah. So that scene right there, that was the most... Non-dialogue scene in the entire movie. Okay, probably not 17 minutes, though, so a Probably short. like 17 seconds. Um, so she has to crawl <laughs> through this weird door into a f- secret room, and Gustav finds her in there. And did you think something bad was going to happen? I didn't feel scary. I, I, I was a little concerned. I was like, because there was some weird shit in there. Tied up, he's kind of teed up to be a weird guy. Yeah, I was thinking it was like, I mean, is this a torture you know, room situation. That, but it could have been something, yeah, maybe, or photographs, or. I mean, there was just all these weird. But he talks about how, and he shares with her inheritance. Parents died young. He traveled the world, and so it, it looks pretty eclectic. All the items in there, for, yeah, stuff from all over the world, but just weird, like wooden masks. And he goes and... in there and has to be completely naked, as he says, to to really center himself or something yeah well, i forget what he says but it's just it's really creepy and, and you, you gotta think this room is soundproof nobody knows she's in there well he said everybody went home he, the party ended pretty quick actually. yeah she was <laughs> the, that party so ended in like, like 30 seconds everybody he was send gone everybody away because it, that just seemed maybe that was a yeah that issue. was just uh, exactly so he but what's weird given what happens later is he calls her nosy now, my biggest question is he starts to seduce her, mm-hmm. and he full-on, open-mouth kisses her on her nose. I, I backed up the tape. <laughs> I, not the tape. Did because you I was, was an like, angle? Like, they fucked no, up I, I, the was angle? Like, I was like, what just happened? Did I see? That, that can't be. So I watched it. I, w- I watched it three times. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. He goes down on her nose. And he, like, he goes in for a second one. Does it twice. Then a traditional kiss. And this is the tidbit that I found and out. And then Lake's eyes are like, uh, what's okay. that? What was <laughs> This is the tidbit that I found out on a, I, I think it was a variety interview with Lake Bell. Oh, no. That was Ken Marino's idea. He said, what if I just 
French kissed your nose in Lake Bell in a brilliant, I think, idea said, you're probably going to have to do it twice then. <laughs> because once wasn't weird enough. <laughs> oh, like, did he just miss, you know? And she said, if you're going to do it, that's fucking weird. You're going to have to do it twice because it needs to look intentional. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad you found that. Because yeah. that... That's I, a, a showstopper forever. Yeah, we yeah. would have had to stop the podcast right now if you had that, no answer. That scene, folks, you will just like what? That is a WTF moment. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I, I told you I had to watch it three times just to make yeah. sure I saw you what saw I what saw. You saw. So this is the thing that gets me is that uh, it's a morning after. It's clear that they've uh, they've been together. <laughs> Well, she's she's like kind of semi tied up, up. She's wrapped up like in wooden rosary beads, beads type of thing around her wrist, and then a wooden horse is behind her head, and yeah. she's confused by seeing it. She just stares at it like, "Okay, where has this been?" And I, I maybe he's just a you know that was a thing from uh, when he was in uh, they had Spain, some, and he saw beautiful horses, and that's just they a, had some wild kinky shit going yeah. on in that room, is what happened. And she has to do the walk down the stairs of shame. And there's our yep. stoic Russian maid staring They're just at her, feather duster in hand, yeah, saying, "Not saying a goddamn nope. word." She, I see like, you. Nice day. I see you. Just got to put my shoes on. <laughs> well, how about how about when she was uh, freeing her? Was it her bra or underwear? Yeah, it was from, stuck on from his hand. Gustav's hand. That was that was priceless. The look on her face, and she's like just pulling, like and then pull his it. his finger just Last won't let thing. go, and then and then it shoots and hits her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, right? Yeah, that, you know, gems of a distant past. Now, the only, you know, and I I've, may have said this to you before, but Gustav is a rich guy. Now, I, I imagine yeah. scenarios with which I had unlimited funds, and I wouldn't do a lot of crazy stuff. I'd buy my own movie theater. I've told you that. But when I saw Gustav on the phone in the bath with the maid washing his what? hair, <laughs> I was I'm like, I, that... Yeah, that's the one thing I do it respectfully, but to have somebody to, like wash your hair, it's the best thing about haircut. You know, just get that scalp massage. That's the one extravagant thing I think I would do. All right, so your your plea to everyone is to, that this podcast gets so big that you can I have can a have maid that washes your hair, hair washing whenever I want. Ladies and gentlemen, make his dream Please come help. true. Please help. Donate if you can. <laughs> Um, like subscribe and go, go this to is iTunes. when Gustav finds out that Carol the one at the party was the one who stole his job and essentially he's trying to mess with her to to throw her off her game that's yeah, the way they, I took it they, yeah the next day they find out because I was um, surprised that Carol had sex with him really surprised that was the one thing in the movie that just kind of oh that perplexes so, me a little yeah, bit so she comes back into Danny and Moe's apartment and says, um, and I wrote it down because it was so funny. <laughs> uh, Guess who's a slutty whore? Yeah, thank that you. was it. Yeah. Guess who? Yeah, and I didn't and write then, it down. I remembered it. And then, <laughs> guess she just bursts in the door. Guess who's a slutty whore? As you do. And then she finds her sister on the ground, just a pool sobbing. of mush, just just sobbing. And then she says, Danielle, Danielle, what's wrong? So she's no longer Danny. She right. becomes Danielle seriousness. And, and that's sister. because Mo has left. Yeah, Mo has yeah. left. Rightly so. I mean, I I would. Yeah. Yeah. He he walked out of the apartment when she came home. Right? Yeah. And we get Sam and Gustav in the sauna again. 
and this is your scene that you talked about where um, Gustav is saying, oh, yeah, I, I, I know the girl who snaked my jobs. And this is when Sam is saying, oh, you know, he, he, Gustav's going to dump her off. And Sam's like, you got to dominate her. You got to play this fixing out. And there's a, a scorpion sting. And I'm thinking, you disgusting yeah. pig. This yeah. is your daughter. He couldn't know. But he's literally talking about another man. Right. And that was using the scene and abusing his daughter. I I didn't think he acted very. The acting was very well in that first. It just it, it was over the top. Fa- it just struck me as fake. Yeah, he went from zero to excited about dominating a woman too fast. But you know, again, he's he's reciting the dialogue that's written, but it just didn't. For, I don't. know. That was the one scene that jumped out of me that didn't yeah. play naturally. Yeah, I, I agree. It just didn't feel right. Yeah, and and it just it felt gross knowing what the yeah. actual. And when he has the realization at his dinner table about what he'd done. That does make that a little more effective. Right, right. I mean, the dialogue is correct. It just, I don't know, it just didn't play for me. So about this time is when we find out that the quadrilogy, <laughs> don't you dare call it a trilogy. These people will mess you up. And and Nancy's the front runner on it. Well, she knows everything about she, it. Yeah. It's a space it's, barbarian. It's based on the Persian War. For the Prussian War. <laughs> Prussian War. <laughs> That's a funny line, too. It was, yeah. You go, <laughs> All like. this stuff and then based on the Prussian War. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she recites this whole long thing about this quadrilogy starring so she, Cameron Diaz. She finds out that she has been chosen to be the in the world, to re to resurrect in a world. And she has gotten the gig of doing the trailer for this and she is amazing getting, huge movie. Yeah. This this is she's scored the big time. Yeah. And that's that's awesome. And cuz you 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 want that for her. I mean, I I think so. She's a decent enough person who cares about the people around her. Um but then there's the dinner at dad's. Yeah, she's yeah. She tells Danny. Uh, so she's got the groupies making casserole. It'll be fun. Yeah, trying to get her out of her funk. Because, <laughs> yeah, because she's just a puddle. Now this that scene where she's trying to cheer up her her sister was almost the line that I did the the quote from the film because it's at that time that Danny's really despondent and she talks about how she thinks she's going to lose Mo and she doesn't deserve him and she's the worst and she hates herself. And it's an interesting turn because typically in these movies, it's the dude going, I'm suck. I, 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 I'm going to lose her. Yeah. And secretly. You're Carol, talking about when she's recording her? Yeah. Secretly, okay. Carol records her. Yeah. And I think Michaela did an awesome job acting in that scene. You know, it's really heavy and you really believe like, you know, she messed up, but you don't really know what she did yet. <laughs> you mean like in gratuity? Sister code. <laughs> And so they go to dinner at Dad's, and Jamie's there, who's lovely. You really hadn't seen the girlfriend too much, but she she does have a that Midwestern accent. Oh, like she's from Minnesota. Yeah, and, and she's trying to play like she's mature well, she and more says older her mom than she is. Writes a column for a, a magazine in Ohio. Yeah. So maybe they put her in Ohio. Hollywood people think everybody in the Midwest sounds like they're from Minnesota. Yeah, but but she's trying to be more mature than she is, and you know, it just it, I I it, liked her. It plays really well. Like how I she's... hear groupie and and hang her on, and and I just think she's pretty lovely. <laughs> and this dinner, it, it it I don't want to get too much into it, um, like details wise, but um, the dad asks about the Mo situation. They talk about that. But what's interesting is this whole dinner devolves. And to talk about their their mother's death, and how they potentially blame him for her ODing on pills. Right. Yeah. And that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it was brutal. And then the, when they correct her, like, no, Xanax. It was definitely Xanax. He says Valium. 
Yeah, because he and gave both her, girls go Xanax. <laughs> he gave her so much anxiety that you know. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't really defend it. He just says, "Well, I'm sorry, I got in the way of her love of this." Or and then this. he starts yelling at the girls. Yeah. It was 16 years ago. Can't yeah. we just let it lie? Blah blah blah. And then it devolves even worse into um, Carol's career, and he starts right. going. You know, she's like, "Well, I have news," and then. Oh God! When she tells him, and he has a complete meltdown he because chokes on his food. Yeah. He says, "I got this." She I says, got "I got this amazing job," and I he doesn't believe it. He 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 gets pissed at his own daughter. So I got angry at this point. I, this really? scene, yeah, I got to give Lake credit, right? Because she wrote it and directed it, but it made me angry. And I wrote in big angry letters on my notes here: "Dad is an asshole, not a father." <laughs> As a father of three daughters, uh, yeah, I was pissed. But that—that that is a credit to yeah. the acting. When when, it, when you get emotionally, you know, involved. Well, in I it. think the other thing that made him choke is she admits that she was the one who snaked Gustav's jobs, and he realized yeah. he, he was knows. just in a sauna saying, "Dominate this girl." And yeah. Now means he knows his he's the one that he screwed. Yeah. Well, no, I mean he was talking about his own daughter in, yeah. a, in a horrible manner, and I think you know that's part of the reaction, right? Too. That, what I meant was that Gustav had screwed his daughter and he yeah. was telling her to go back in. Yeah. 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 And after the dinner, I thought it was interesting that, that Danny and Carol kind of bonded over the fact that their dad's a dick. Well, and, and I highlighted Danny's scene outside, outside of the apartment there when she says, I call bullshit. And yeah, that man is never going to support you. You can't go to him for support. And that, she, that was really well acted. Yeah. She, she rocked it. Yeah, it was that. a good scene. The lighting was good in that scene. The lighting was great in the dinner scene. Because it was dark as shit. Yeah. And a total contrast to the only other time you've seen that kitchen, and it was super bright. Yeah, and it was one of the dark, it was the darkest scene for me. Yeah, and, and, and the mom dying, and, and you can relate to that in mm-hmm. a way. You know, like this is Hollywood, it's, you know, we don't really identify with that stuff technically. But yeah, people unfortunately, you know, drown themselves in pills, and, and it seems like an easy way to do it. And, you know, they lost their moms at, you know, 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cut that age in half. You know, that's a 30. rough. Yeah, that's a rough time. And you know, he may kind of subconsciously blame himself, and that's why he supported, you know, let her crash on his pad for so long or what have you. Oh, but exactly. Now, yeah, I didn't think about that. The biggest fuck you in the movie happens. Uh oh. And this is when Sam decides to put his name in the ring for the quadrilogy gig, which yep. screws his daughter in the worst. This is the most heinous thing. Yeah. That might have been when I wrote it down. It was really? somewhere. Well, it was somewhere. Yeah, it was somewhere between the dinner and this point. You know, because this is all in a row when I when I scribbled that down. But yeah, not only does he not support her, he becomes her competitor because he's pissed because she got it. Yeah. What the fuck? It's 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 an awful thing to do. But then you got to go. Wait a minute. Lake wrote this. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> And and that's oh yeah that's I mean that, very that's that's, that's to her credit that sauna scene with with the dad when Gustav's talking about this girl and he says you know her face isn't too pretty at first but then you're like oh she's kind of sexy yeah that's the same thing like well Lake that wrote she, about she wrote herself that line yeah um, so there's a lot of honesty in this yeah she's got the girl next door look you know the plain Jane I look she doesn't have the really pretty I I maybe I'm. I agree. I agree, but she doesn't have the. Yeah. She's got the, the average, the girl next door look yeah. to me, as opposed to your, quote supermodel, 
perfect, you know, whatever. So unbeknownst to her, her dad is is causing her to not have a guaranteed job with this. In the meantime, she sends the Danny tape to Mo that she recorded. He's staying with a friend at a studio. He gets that tape and he's like, oh shit, I got to find a way to play this. Yeah. And there's a cute little note on there that references the bubble, which he went into that bubble speech earlier. Yeah. And, um, so there, there's a nice little scene. It's not maybe necessary with Lewis giving the pitch to Carol. So Lewis, the engineer is finally professing that he likes her and that's a nice little scene, but you know, it's fine. And I like the way she's like, I like you too. And she's walking away because she's got other stuff to do. Well, did you not catch that brilliant moment in there? Isn't that where she gives him the little little kiss? Uh, No, they don't kiss at that scene. He's just doing the pitch and, you know, trying to say, hey, you know, we're going to do this. You know, do you want to make a splash? Let's make a splash. So the, the long and the short of it is because her dad's back in the ring, now it's an open call. And Gustav, the dad, and Carol have to submit tapes. Yeah. So the studio thought they had a lock. Now that Sam's coming out of retirement or whatever, he's on the board, they have options, and they all have to submit tapes okay. of their their um, reading of the quadrilogy, the Amazon Games trailer, yeah. to be considered. And well, I think that probably totally happens in Hollywood all the time. Yeah. So Lewis came over and got her to tell her that, and when they're walking – he did that. She wouldn't stop talking and was walking away. And then he did that total, and he's jumping up and down and making all these crazy noises. Oh, because her and she mom, goes, what mom. the hell are you, you doing? And he called it a positive roadblock because his mom had, you know, ADD. And it is hilarious. Yeah. And then she does. She gives him a In the quick, way the camera pans out and he's, you, you see him yeah. jumping from a distance. And he says, he just tells her he likes her. And then she gives him a little kiss and is walking yeah. away and she says, I like you too. And I wrote down that that was the Rudolph moment. The Rudolph moment? The Rudolph moment. Like Rudolph and Frosty? She said, I'm cute. I'm oh. cute. Where Claire East gives Rudolph the little kiss and he, uh, and he, he, he flies. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan and I have a love hate with, I mean, I love Rudolph. Grew oh, up it. oh God, that's and, a horrible movie. And, and Ryan, Oh, that's a hellscape. <laughs> the most beloved children's movie of all time. Is, it's the, Rudolph it's the, the Red Nosed Reindeer. Makes you hate Santa. Makes you hate the other reindeers. Fuck no, those assholes. No. Just because he's got a red nose. And even Santa's an asshole to Rudolph for all a right. while. I'll bet you, 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 you are useful. such a minority on this. We could get a thousand emails and only two people are going to agree I, with I, you. I, fuck Claymation Rudolph is a hashtag I could get going. I could oh. probably get a ground swelling on this. Anyway, so. Um, Oh, I just I, I so want to go all keen on you right now. We we have a reconciliation. Uh, Mo uh, forgives Danny. She comes home. He's made her a sandwich bar, and that's kind of a nice little scene. So they, yeah, what's they, they got the up. song probably their favorite song playing. Yeah, they wrap that up, and that's pretty nice. Um, and now one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the getting ready to record the um, trailer montage. Yeah. The various ways that they're preparing. Now, yeah. Gustav and Sam. It's like a big playoff game. Yeah. And the only thing that Carol's doing is it cuts to her and she's eating like a French dip sandwich. Is that right? <laughs> and he says, aren't you a vegetarian? Uh, or don't you, you don't eat meat. And she says, well, on game day, I want to taste the blood. Yeah. That was great. I wrote that one down too. But I, I tried to clock what she was eating. I think it was a French dip sandwich. It was like at, at his apartment right before they were leaving. He must yeah. have made her breakfast. So 
this is where <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind because they they show them recording various elements of the trailer. Yep. Which is pretty neat. Yep. And Jamie you. helping Sam screwing up with take one is funny. But did you notice that I think Gustav is, he says, directed by BAFTA winning director Terrence Pouncer. Oh. I'm looking at your eyes. Well, Pouncer was a name you mentioned earlier. And his first name is Terry. The Irish guy is the guy who directed the Amazon games. That's a real movie? Yeah, that's the trailer that they're doing. He's the director. Oh, I thought you meant in real life. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait, it's, wait. It's, it, wait. It's the Hunger Games in real life. <laughs> yeah. Which is obviously, this is a playoff. But when he said, and that's when Jess was like, that's the name of the Irish guy. And I was like, oh, wow. And he didn't strike me as a producer, though. He's a director. It's a directed by BAFTA winning director Terrence Pouncer. So he's directing the, the quadrilogy that's going to make billions, according to Correct. the lady who steals the show in two short oh, scenes. And I wish that her name was not in the opening credits as a surprise. As a, yeah. Did, did she rock it or what? I, I wrote oh, it down. Amazing. She rocks it. Yep. So they go uh, next, and, and it's, it's revealed by Sam earlier, he's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award at some point. Yeah. So now we go into the next event, which is the Golden Trailer Awards. Yeah, from, the big, from the big playoff to the banquet, the now, award banquets. The Golden Trailer Awards are a real thing. Okay. This is a real thing. Uh, GoldenTrailer.com is the <laughs> website, and you can see the winners <laughs> from the past. Lifetime Achievement Award. Hosted by Jeff Garland. And it's the real Jeff Garland in the show hosting it, and that's kind of funny. Yeah, and he says some off-color jokes. He does, he's he does. just getting warmed up, folks. And that's that's a Jeff Garland. <laughs> I it? mean, I wonder, because he's such a good improviser, if she didn't let him improvise. Because right. I don't feel much of this movie was improvised at all. I think it was pretty no, to the she, letter. And she said that in her interview at Sundance, how she is super analytical and Way over details everything. Yeah, really prepared. She, she storyboards, um, draws every single scene. Yeah. Super cool. Um, but what's interesting is they bring out, as part of the awards, the producer of the quadrilogy. And it's... Oh, is this your clip? Well, no, no, this isn't, actually. Okay. Uh, they bring out the producer of the quadrilogy, played by Gina Davis. Yeah. Now, her name is in the credits, in the opening credits. If that was a surprise, because she's so great, it was so good to see her. She she owned this role, and it's so short the two scenes that she's in. But yeah, when she comes strutting out on stage in her in her you know skirted business suit, and yeah. as the executive producer of this billion dollar franchise that's about to what they be unlaunched, she is exactly. I mean, Robin Wright may maybe be the only other one that could uh, do it better. If, nice call. Yeah. I like that. But I, like I, that. I don't mean to say do it better. I mean, be on that level. I mean, she she owned it. And in a really cool scene, they, unbeknownst to anybody, are going to air the official trailer for the Amazon games. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. everybody in the room is like, whoa, wait. And so none of them so, know if they got the gig until the trailer begins. Yep. So the all three of them are in attendance. Waiting to find out whose voice is going to show up on this billion-dollar gig. So, did you like that scene? Yeah, I like. I love the re- and... that nobody knows, and you're about to get it revealed. I thought so, that was great. Let's just not say who got it. <laughs> okay, let's just play it. 
No, I don't. I don't. That's not. That's not my scene, actually. Well, I, I guess we have to say it's uh, Carol gets it because you've you know you hear a bit of music and then you hear her voice say "In a world." And then and then the man that's there for his lifetime achievement award, <laughs> the proud father freaks out like a douchebag of the daughter who just got it, got the gig, runs out of the room screaming like a child, <laughs> and he goes into the back and he's confronted with his girlfriend Jamie. And this is my clip. Yeah, she's running after him in her heels and she can't keep up. Samuel, Samuel, and and I I love her Midwestern accent. I love. I just love this clip. So this is her confronting Sam after. This is a scary moment, Ryan. Before you press that, your clip may be my spiritual moment, oh my which may never happen again in any in several lifetimes. We'll try. Belle is looking for her father, briefly. Dad. And now when you're done standing there crying and feeling sorry for yourself, you are going to go and apologize to both your daughters for being such a jerk. Okay? And you are going to be a good daddy from now on. Or else you can say goodbye to me and my perfect nose. You're a better man than you think, Sammy. Winning isn't everything family is. And being nice is a lot more fun. You'll see. So... MVP of that movie. I, I love that scene. Uh, I loved her Midwest accent, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I got goosebumps because that scene is my spiritual moment. That's crazy. Okay. That how I never expected this to happen. <laughs> so the fact that she says, um, you can't talk to me that way, uh, no matter how bad you're hurting. Um, when you when you don't have inner peace going on, you you spill out or you vomit out your your anxieties and all your stuff onto onto other people. And she's holding them accountable for that, saying you 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 are accountable for your own inner peace, basically. So you have to you don't have the right to just spill it out all over me and talk to me that way. You you need to rec- reconcile that yourself, and then yeah. you know so that. From a deeper spiritual perception, I guess. That's, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's how I looked at it. And then, of course, the family thing was really cool, too. So I I am trying to clock these moments of yours. I'm trying to predict them. This is not I, – I, I thought it may have been a, a greater thing about healing and family, and, and I didn't think it would have been through this. Yeah, no, it was all, all about the, the um, taking responsibility for your own inner peace and not – yeah, you know, causing harms to others. And just being because, a better, being because, a better father, and he's, she says being nice is more fun. Yeah, well, when when your instrument's out of tune, you don't have the right to put somebody right. else's out of tune. You got to tune it yourself. So he accepts his award. He dedicates uh, the award to his daughters. Um, yeah, she accept. He accepted her challenge of. She will lose her perfect nose if he doesn't do this. <laughs> And an interesting moment, uh, Carol's in the bathroom. She's washing her hands next to the Gina Davis character. 
And Gina, Gina Davis has in, and watch the movie for this speech. I'm not going to, I don't think we should give too much away, okay. but what Gina Davis says about why she got the job was both inspiring and depressing and, and at appalling the at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And delivered so well, so yeah. well. Yeah. I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, all I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, and then it, it closes, obviously, you know, we assume that the, um, that job has gone successfully and now cut to Carol doing her own voice work studio. And she's got students who all, yeah, Lewis is behind the, you know, behind the board there, right? Still, you take it. They're a couple at this dutifully, point. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it, he's in the friend zone still. No. Oh yeah. They do kiss at one point after their karaoke. Cause night. it feels like this is a few months down the road. And uh, right. that they're kind of a thing, yeah. So the studio is full of all squeaky little, yeah. This is LA the thing girls that Lake Bell really passionately feels about. She calls it uh, baby girl voice virus or something, and but she calls it something else too. And yeah, I, I mean, she 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 says, "Hey, why are you here? Or what do you do? I'm a corporate lawyer. She's been looking for a job for ten months, and in this squeaky little voice, they don't want to hire a sexy baby, yeah." It may work for the bedroom, and then all the girls start giggling at each other and going, yeah, "Yeah, it does. But Lake Bell, I mean, that's a real thing. These are women who talk like that on purpose. Well, and and I have have proof. She makes fun of it throughout, and early on you can be like, oh, she's making fun of other women, tearing them down. But not really. She she meets her later and gives her a voice card, Yeah, um, and then she's helping them at the end. So I think that's a pretty good thing. Well, she wants them to be empowered, I think. And she says as much. And that's, you know, the, the end is your voice needs to be heard. Yep. Um, and then the movie ends with the classic "Everybody Wants to Rule the World," which I think is a fun. Yeah, well, here here's a real life case in point for exactly that. Directly out of L.A., um, the supermodel Kathy Ireland from the '80s fame, Sports Illustrated. I think she has the most Sports Illustrated swimsuit covers Can you of all Kathy time. Kathy Ireland to our younger audience. I had have a, one. I I had her. I had a collection of her calendars. Every Christmas, I would get her calendar as a present under the tree. From was, your parents? It was very no from no. Santa. They, I was older. I was moved out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I had a huge crush on Kathy Ireland. So there is a movie called Alien from L.A. 1988, where Kathy Ireland has this exact squeaky little L.A. voice that all these girls are portraying in this movie. And as probably most people know, she went on to become um, a super billionaire businesswoman. Um, with her own clothing line and and whatever else, but Not she a took this podcast. She took. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sponsor of Kathy. She uh she took vocal lessons as well. And if I uh, encourage everyone to go watch, uh, what happened with Tiny Tim then? He never took vocal he lessons. Didn't. All right. Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was a fun like ride. It? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's and it it's even got better. There, there's some drama. You, know, you watched it. it a couple times too. You, you pick up a little more. It even got better each time you watched it. Um, you know, you definitely became confident that that he French kissed her nose. He sure did. <laughs> All right, we're gonna end with reviews. Um, I mentioned that one of them is a little bit longer, and uh, I'm gonna give it a shot and try to re- read it as rapidly as I can, but as clearly as I can. And I want you to tell me if this is a real thing. Somebody do this for fun. Uh, It's a one out of 10 review film shows an utter contempt for the human consciousness callously promotes vegetative state. That is the name of this review. (laughs) Believe it or not, I'm actually typing this review as the movie is playing. 
I'm a half hour in, and to be honest, I'm getting more enjoyment from the prospect of venting in this review than I believe I will experience from giving the remainder of this film my full attention. I appreciate that starting a movie review and forming an opinion during the movie is genetically considered, generally considered bad form. But frankly, the misery of watching this film is rapidly depriving me of any sense of morality. I was drawn to the movie due to a genuine interest in getting into a voiceover career and was originally fascinated at the notion of watching a film on that very subject. And after a little over a half an hour of watching this film, I'm struggling to retain much interest in the subject, the professionals who make their living in the field, perhaps life itself. This film has no personality, no real humor, not a lot of story from what I can see, no soul at all. The actors in this film are all miserably wasted, even the ones who have proved themselves to be quite talented in superior productions. They barely register here at all. They're on that screen, but they just don't jump off it. They're like ghosts, haunting my screen. Right now, this film is forcing me to reevaluate re my passion for film. <laughs> in the past, I have prided myself on sitting through any old tripe so that afterwards I could objectively evaluate the pros and cons of the film. But now past my mid-30s, I find myself questioning whether I have enough disposable time left on this earth to squander on watching films like this empty, miserable drudgery. Okay, at the risk of drifting into the realms of sadomasochism, I'm going to sign off for a time and give the second act of the movie an opportunity to reveal the underlying qualities of this film, which may reveal it. <laughs> this person stopped writing this review and says I'm going to watch the rest. Nope! The nose-kissing scene has pretty much killed any remaining enthusiasm for this film. <laughs> Although the lead-up in the secret room was a nice scene. What a perv. It's a weirdo. The red room. At this point, I am operating solely on morbid curiosity to see what utter lunacy occurs, uh, occurs next. Alas! I found myself from this point unable, unable to commit to this movie in real time any further and was forced to skip through and navigate the rest of the movie in a form of scanning mode, seeking to sift through the wealth of self-indulgent fluff in order to divine some value in this miserable and fruitless cinematic hell and claw something of value back from my lost and irreparable place of life. This film left me reflecting on what I was actually expecting from this experience or any cinematic experience for this matter. I find myself close to an existential meltdown as I am left to ponder the meaning of life. As I shut the movie off before the credits roll, I feel I'm doing the cast and crew associated with the film a favor and not tarnishing their names by association with what I've just tried to watch. <laughs> so, you know, the inner peace scene that we talked about, <laughs> the, the, the yeah. guy's guy was melting down inside. I think before he even started watching it, he clearly, uh, he clearly got triggered. Do you think that's real? Yeah. Who did that? He, he, this movie made them I do reevaluate their life, reevaluate yeah. their love of film. Well, his age is he's in his 30s, it, it created midlife an crisis, an existential meltdown. Yeah, and I think this is somebody who didn't get voiceover work and is pissed. And this movie caused something in them. Yeah, it triggered. I, All right. Um, and now we have the positive review. This is a nine out of 10. Nice. I love this movie. It felt like Cary Grant and Doris Day in the New Millennium. <laughs> Miss Bell directs and leads, creating a movie of wonderful. Sorry, Miss Bell directs and leads, creating a movie of wonderful, kind energy. May we may all find too little of in today's world. Lessons taught sweetly with just enough pain. People being people, weird and imperfect, but ultimately adorable. Watch it with friends, or family, 
lovers or children, and you'll have a great time. <laughs> so that's it. Lovers or children. Nothing more to say. IMDb's requirement of 10 lines is silly. It forces bad writing and trite thought. You know? (laughs) (laughs) So here it is. Uh, Watch it with friends or family, lovers, or children children. who like romantic comedies, I guess. And there you go. Lovers or children. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of (laughs) odd. Again, I've noticed the the good reviews are fun when they're weird, too. Yeah. Got lucky on this one. But um, I'm glad you liked it. Oh, yeah. And would you recommend this to a friend to watch? Somebody to check out, if even if they like, you know, meta movies about movies? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a I, I probably might throw the word quirky in there because of all the, it's so dialogue driven, which is difficult to do. You know, I right. mean, as far as the nonstop dialogue and to keep interesting and to keep the inner lane, you got three or four different storylines going simultaneously. Yeah. So And reminding us that Gina Davis is a goddamn treasure. Just come in like a freight train. Give her give more. I mean, I'm sure she is on her own terms now, but Yeah. Well, thank you for watching, Todd. Oh, thank and you. Thank for everybody suggesting. for listening. If you have thoughts about this movie, about that person's review, or if you are that person, please get at us and let us know your mental state right now. Are you still in that <laughs> existential crisis? Uh, a little independent podcast at gmail.com is the address to email, email us to. Yeah. Again, if you have criticism, you know, be kind. Yep. Don't be weird. Lake, Gina, any, anyone else in the cast, uh, please chime in. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll hear from you as well. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. All right. And Ryan. Yes, Todd. We will always have Monty Doro. Who are those guys? those guys you'll love it it's just a little Yeah, yeah, just a little independent.